I just wanted to be my helpful four-year-old self and put the groceries up on the belt to the cashier. But my mom said no. She put them up in a very specific order. I swear I still remember what candies and magazine covers were around me in that checkout line when I realized it was because she wasn't sure if we could afford everything in our cart. She was prioritizing while watching the total rise. Subsequent grocery trips, I didn't even ask if I could put our food up on the belt. And sometimes, yes, she did have to give things back to the cashier. For some span of time, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that everything in the cart was coming home with us. It could be this only happened three times, or maybe 30. Memory is weird like that, but it was formative nonetheless. Nothing particularly traumatic happened surrounding food as a kid. I never went to bed hungry, but we also clearly didn't have disposable income. And so this rather innocuous collection of memories informed my grocery shopping as an adult. You likely had your own version of this experience. Labels that were thrust upon you, destinies you were unwittingly handed by people who thought they knew your future better than you could. Experiences that you identified with because they were your only experiences, but also knew you didn't want to identify with. Some people were told they'd never amount to much, or conversely, had the weight of the world put on their shoulders by being the golden child of the family. You may have watched immigrant parents work their tails off to build a better life, or kept your doodles, writing, singing, creativity to yourself so you wouldn't hear the cautionary tales of starving artists. Privilege doesn't shield people from formative core memories that shape their behavior as adults either. I've had wealthy clients tell me they resent their wealth because they don't want to be an asshole like that one uncle no one can stand, or they walk around with tremendous guilt, never able to enjoy what they have. The thing in common with these examples and my story is that they leave us on a quest to prove something. I am this. I can that. I don't have to the other thing. It's possible to do, be, have, what? and prove something I did. It didn't take long after getting a corporate job to allow myself to buy the groceries I wanted. It played out mostly in the choices I made around the quality of my food. It wasn't about spending money for the sake of spending money. Fiscal responsibility also got baked into me via those early experiences, but more so about proving to myself that I could buy what I wanted. I was counterbalancing my early childhood experiences. I was proving that I could live differently than I initially experienced. So the $25 side of smoked salmon from Trader Joe's made a routine appearance in my fridge. So did haagen So much so that I frequently made jokes about them sponsoring my business. Still open to this, by the way. Call me. We gradually made the shift to nearly all our food being organic. Things like that. But I remember one of the first times I bought that side of smoked salmon. $25 for something we'll devour in less than five minutes. When you're feeding a house of foodies, it doesn't last long. But I explained my hesitation away by dusting off some memory of a study or Instagram post around the benefits of omega-3s for cognitive development and tossed it into the cart in the name of investing in my kids. I could justify it being about our health, and that may or may not be true. 
but the driver behind these purchases was letting my inner four-year-old throw whatever the fuck she wanted to up on that belt. I never said no to the impulse to add some omega-3s to the family diet because actually, I just didn't want to say no to myself. Part of me said, we can't just buy whatever we want or need at the grocery store. And the part of me that was trying to heal said, oh yes, we can. I was creating evidence to the contrary of my self-perception. I don't begrudge her that experience. In many ways, it was fun and cathartic. And sure, it established a new standard for our diet. I stopped tolerating the frozen burritos and cardboard pizzas of my college days and said yes to food that would take care of our physical bodies. A lot of good came from my reaction to four-year-old me. But that's the thing. It was a reaction. The need to prove something, in my case, the ability to buy whatever groceries I wanted to, meant I wasn't yet sure or confident in the thing I was trying to prove. I still needed to take action against my beliefs, against the reality I'd had, to prove to myself that an alternative was even possible. It's not like I didn't know that people buy salmon. Obviously, they did. But seeing it in others didn't mean it was available to me. So I bought a lot of fucking fish and sometimes multiple sides of salmon a week. Salmon could have been a line item in the budget. It's like I had to show myself over and over and over and over that I could, in fact, buy the fish and eat it and nothing bad happened. The sky did not fall. No one judged me. I didn't even judge me for spending exorbitant amounts of money on fish or the rest of my high quality groceries. For you, this may have been less about pricey fish and more about a certain income level. I will not be the starving artist, thank you very much. I will be the seven-figure artist. Or about a work-life balance that you never saw growing up. I can support my family and be a present parent. You may have worked all this time to show you can be an entrepreneur, leader, CEO, or even more general labels like a smart or responsible adult or successful business owner. You may be pushing against the belief that only kids who went to college end up being successful or the belief that money, leadership, or power or status is inherently bad. And so there are results that you create for yourself over and over and over. And it gets justified as being good for you because obviously in some ways it is. There are so many more options so much more possibility, so much potential, so much good that can be done with the thing you keep making happen. And you haven't turned into a power-hungry, greedy asshole, or you haven't sacrificed your family life, or you haven't sold out, and the sky hasn't fallen, and you've shown yourself that you can. High fives. For real. After some time of incessant smoked salmon consumption, I started realizing it didn't give me the same thrill it once did. I would still chuck it in the cart, but it wasn't really a thought so much as muscle memory. Turn past the peppers, grab avocados, reach across the aisle, and grab salmon. We stopped eating it as fast, too. It was nearly just a staple in the fridge at this point. Eggs, bread, apples, salmon. We could take it or leave it. And yet the impulse kind of stayed. There was some part of my head that had sold itself on the idea that this is what we're doing to prove to ourselves that we can buy whatever groceries we want, so we better keep doing it. The unspoken subtext was, 
if you don't keep buying the salmon, you might go back to being the person who can't afford all the groceries in the cart. Ooh, do I see this often. The business made X amount for the last five years. I've always had Y team members. Product ABC is our bestseller. I never take more than 24 hours to get back to people. We have XYZ processes set up. And yet the person I'm talking with is typically dealing with some kind of rub. They're unfulfilled in what they're doing, but keep one-upping themselves because eventually they gotta get to that nebulous place of satisfaction, right? Right? Or they keep selling shit they haven't cared about for years because it still works. Meanwhile, they die inside when they have to promote or fulfill said thing. Or they can't imagine letting a team member go or restructuring their business model, or changing something yet again, or talking about the side project that's actually been lighting them up, or, or, or. And so they keep throwing the proverbial fish in the cart. They know how to do it. It works. It's familiar. And other people love and expect it at this point. They like the results it gets them, so don't fix what isn't broken, right? And the unspoken subtext is, if I don't keep doing the thing you're doing out of habit at this point, I might go back to being that thing you worked so hard to prove you're not. About a year ago, I realized that I didn't feel the near compulsion to buy the fish anymore. I could take it or leave it. It started out practically. I didn't buy the next side of salmon because we hadn't finished the last one yet, or we were going to be traveling soon, so no sense in buying one now. Small, logical justifications to not buy. Not unlike the logical justifications I had previously used to buy the fish. Just as much as I had to show myself that I could buy the fish, I also had to learn that not reflexively throwing things into my cart wasn't going to revert me to cardboard pizza status. It wasn't a question anymore of whether I could have it. I knew I could. I was assured in my ability, both financially and mentally, to buy what I wanted, I trusted my ability to create the results I wanted. But perhaps more importantly, I had to learn that my potential, my ability to buy whatever groceries I wanted, wasn't going to dry up and go away if I didn't keep doing it nonstop. You've done the thing over and over and over, and now your head doesn't have the same questions about feasibility or possibility that it once did. You've demonstrated that you can insert your thing here. The pressure to prove something true is no longer needed to get you what you want because you've created sufficient evidence to the contrary around a belief you once had. But are you assured that you just are that kind of person now? Do you rest easy knowing that you could stop the reflexive behavior, that you could turn off work, ax the thing you hate, put up boundaries, or not one-up yourself this year, and you'd still be successful, smart, driven, creative, etc. Your identity has changed on the heels of you consistently creating a result for yourself. But have you really allowed that to sink in? Or are you still out there buying fish every week, so to speak, just because that's what worked in your healing up to this point? Sometime after the salmon purchasing began to subside, I wondered if I wasn't buying it anymore out of guilt or a lack of self-worth. Was I... <gasps> Sabotaging myself? Nah. Actually, I had outgrown one phase of healing and was ready for the next one. 
I no longer needed to prove something was possible and could now accept a broader range of possibilities. I could absolutely still be buying multiple $25 fish per week. But not buying it also didn't mean I was relegated to my four-year-old self either. I see this often with entrepreneurs and leaders. They reach a certain goal, something they had to prove to themselves was possible. A revenue number, a certain team structure, a business model, a certain degree of influence, the recognition of their peers or industry. And then it almost feels wrong to not continue to hit that goal or improve upon it. But I read recently, I wish I could remember where, if you know where this is from, please share. That maturity is the ability to choose from a number of possibilities. Sure, I first had to know that buying whatever groceries I want is a possibility. But now that that possibility is part of my reality, I can choose to, or I can choose not to. And I, me, myself, am not impacted by that choice because it's merely a matter of what I want. So where does this break down professionally? When we fail to reflect on and integrate our results as evidence of a new identity. Meaning, you're consistently hitting six, seven, 42 figures, and are clearly not a starving artist, but never pause to consider if you actually want to be taking the actions you've taken to get you to this point. You keep upping the ante to prove something to yourself about yourself that is actually already in place if you just allow yourself to slow the F down and question why you're doing what you're doing. I don't have to keep buying salmon. Maybe you don't have to keep posting on social media or working with less than desirable clients. Maybe you don't actually need half the team in the name of continued growth. Maybe you don't need to spend your shower time scheming up the next brilliant idea. Maybe you can shut the laptop and your business brain at the same time. Maybe you're already good. Want some questions you can ask yourself? Here's where I'd start. I've always wanted to be seen as or see myself as what? Or I've always wanted to know I can what? I can't imagine not doing what? Without question, I find myself saying yes to what actions or outcomes. Where do I keep one-upping myself? Do I know what I really want and what is enough for me to be happy, satisfied, or fulfilled? I still buy smoked salmon. The difference is that when I buy it, I no longer think about the price tag, neither in an I can't believe I'm about to buy this, nor in a look, we can afford this kind of way. I buy the fish because I like the fish, the end. I'm no happier with or without the salmon. We can have just as good a meal with or without it. I can be just as assured in my ability to take care of my family with or without it. I don't need the result, the salmon to show me that I'm okay. It was never about the damn fish, and for you, it's not about the money, the credibility, the clout, the prestige, the legacy, the validation. Buying the groceries was just a reaction to an unmet need, a desire to know that I could have what I wanted, but a reaction nonetheless, and that's okay. I've seen incredibly successful, thriving, and impactful businesses being driven by a person's reaction to something they do or don't want to live up to. The driver behind your actions and success doesn't take anything away from the results you've been able to create. But at some point, that's not enough. At some point, the fish provided diminishing returns. I wasn't giddy every time I threw it in the cart. And that's how it's supposed to be. As my new reality became, well, reality... 
I didn't need the external condition to show me how things were working for me. My sense of possibilities wasn't contingent on what was on my receipt because I knew I could put whatever I wanted to on there whenever I wanted to. Same for you. It's not about can I make X amount of money or does so-and-so think I'm good at what I do. It's not about can I hire enough people to make me obsolete in my business or can I make money while I'm sleeping. Whichever parts you cared about, you've probably already given yourself. And that might be why you're bored, tired, disenchanted, or ambivalent about how things are now. Now, all that matters is if you want it. How do you want it? What might you also want or want instead? Buy the fish or don't. Make the money or don't. You're done reacting to what it is you need to prove about yourself. Now it's the time to choose. And this is where the fun begins. Hey there, this is Jess Ely. Thanks for listening. I would love to hear what your proverbial fish is. Where's the place where you're still proving something even though you really have nothing left to prove? You can drop me an email at hello at jessicaeely.com or find me on Instagram at I am Jess Ely.